0: Hi everyone! Welcome to Football 360. This week's guest, Dave Coldwell, is uh, a bit of a left field choice. He's uh, very recognisable to those of you who like your boxing. He's trained some of the world's top fighters to, to world titles. Um, he's a pundit uh, on Sky Sports, and so a very recognisable face on television. Um, and he's run his own gym in Rotherham, training uh, amateurs, young young fighters, all the way through to the, some of the world's world, world's best fighters. So. A real elite guy when it comes to the sport of boxing. But in recent years, he's got involved in grassroots football in Rotherham, working with his son's team. And uh, after, after three or four years of doing that, uh, he's developed a, a much deeper understanding of, of the game. He's a, he's a huge fan of football and always has been. Played a little bit when he was younger. Um, but uh, his, his understanding and um, his, his passion for it has probably grown um, over the course of the last four years as a result of his involvement in the, in the grassroots game. So I thought it would be a great guy to get on, uh, a guy who is really well versed in, in how to break down the technical elements of one sport, uh, really well versed in the development of young people, uh, really well versed in um, high performance, and as a result... The combination of his experience in boxing and his, his uh, enhancing, or ever enhancing, experience in um, in football um, makes for a guy who's got you know he's really articulate, really really great at explaining his views. Um, and I think this is going to be an episode that uh, that many of you enjoy. Uh, as I say, if you if you're a crossover fan like myself, who uh, I'm a huge boxing fan, um, despite the fact that football is my first love, uh, I think you might find this interesting. But even if you're not a fan of boxing, I would encourage anyone involved in grassroots football to listen to Dave's views on the development of young players um, and how to how to get the best um, uh, uh, how, how to get the best out of them and how to help them to get the best out of football. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the show. Hi Dave, welcome to Football Three Hundred and Sixty. How you doing, mate? All right? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, pal. Thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. I'm going to go straight into a quick warm-up. Uh, all of us, whether we're coaches in whatever sport we work in, uh, we get involved in a, a little warm-up. So to start off with, can you tell me your favourite footballer ever and why?
1: Ooh. Do you know what? It's a close one, but I would have to go with Diego Maradona because of my 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 great memories of football as a child started. I remember a little bit about age two, but... Yeah. World Cup, nineteen eighty-six, Mexico, Aztec Stadium, Argentina. The whole, the whole Diego Maradona story. Everything, especially that second wonder goal against England. We'll forget about the first one.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know the whole, the whole thing about Maradona, and, and I, I followed him all the way through. You know, into Napoli and everything. I, I love Diego Maradona. So, um, yeah. so I would, I would edge towards him, but. Um, through my son, I'm a, I'm a massive um, Ronaldo fan because of his attitude mainly. And yeah. also also David Beckham as well, for what, what he did, not only in football, but then coming outside after his retirement and showing that there's a, a, a path there as well for people once they've retired.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, some great picks there. Maradona broke my heart in 86 as an yeah. eight-year-old boy. Um, and I think with Beckham, he, you know, I I, I first... Simon thought he was a bit of a spoiled brat and what have you, In the way he won over me and everyone else in the nation and was a brilliant leader for, for the nation when he wore the armband. Yeah, and I, think yeah was I,
1: I think the thing about Beckham for me is is I like people, not that I like people, but I love the stories of where, yes, somebody's successful, but then they hit a really bad patch. and Yeah. They cannot. If you look at the, the stick that he had after the sending off and the level that it went to, for him mentally to get through that, and to get through that in such a way, and then you see what he's done afterwards. Yeah. You know that that for me that's that's a guiding light to anybody that's going through really bad bad circumstances in any job or any you know any sport. It, it's a it's a guiding light to say look it can get really really dark, but you know you can get through it. And and for me that's another reason why I put him right up there.
0: Class, nice one. I love that. Okay. Favorite team ever. So not not the team that you support, but the favorite eleven players. The favorite team that you remember is the most impressive one that really left an impression on you.
1: That's a difficult one. That is <laughs> that, that is a difficult one because I I will always automatically because I'm a Man United fan. I'll always go back to to 1999. Yeah. Um, so to try and go away from that one. Um, it's quite it's quite difficult for me. Um, yeah, I would have to kind of like go
0: with yeah. what
1: the guys of '99 achieved. Do you
0: know what I mean? Yeah, I mean a, iconic team, iconic team. I mean, I, listen, I, I'm I'm a Middlesbrough fan, and uh, I think anyone who wasn't a Man United fan in the '90s and, and you know the the next decade probably didn't like Man United a right lot. Yeah, no. but when when you scored them two late goals, I think everyone remembers where they were at that moment in time yeah. and uh, you know it might not necessarily be the best man united side ever but definitely yeah. you know it's got to be one of the most iconic moments in yeah. british football
1: yeah definitely so,
0: yeah good okay um, right question about managers so uh, you're pretend you're a chairman you've got the best 11 players in the world playing against another 11 players you've got to a final with you you have to pick a manager to win that game for you so i'm not talking about someone who's going to build a legacy going to build a philosophy you're going to build a club almost just, just game. one game tactically who who would you pick to win that game for you
1: that's a tough that is a tough one um, are we talking about this around now
0: could be any, anyone ever
1: I, I would have to go if it's going to be anyone ever but in, in my time in football um I'll probably go Sir Alex.
0: Yeah,
1: I would probably go Sir Alex because he he was in that many big muscle win games. Yeah, he he had to get it right. Yes, there are times when he gets it wrong, like everybody else. But he was in. He's that experienced, and he had that much know-how to to get the best out of certain players in certain situations. Even if you had to adjust the format and, and how people are playing, and and you know, take. He, he wasn't afraid to. To take a big name out to put somebody else the sure, sure. game as well.
0: So yeah.
1: for all circumstances, for a one-off game, I would I would say Sir Alex Ferguson.
0: Brilliant, brilliant. I don't think anyone's going to argue with you on that one, pal. One of the one of the one of the most famous, most, certainly one of the most successful ever. So yeah. Okay, final question in the warm-up. Can you tell us a little-known fact about Dave Caldwell? So something that the you know most people out there wouldn't know about. You maybe only those closest to you would know that you could share um, yeah. with us.
1: A little known facts. Um, I don't know. I don't know. really, yeah. <laughs> um, People. I suppose people know that uh, away from boxing, I'm a I'm a I'm a grassroots football coach. Yeah. Um, um.
0: No musical inter- uh, no, no musical instruments played. No. Well,
1: no. I'm, I'm pretty much. I'm pretty much straightforward. Is that is that boxing and football is my life and keeping fit, keeping shape. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's not there's not really anything anything other than that. Um, my life's pretty boring away from, away from <laughs> acting football. I mean, seriously, I mean, I'm either in the gym with the fighters, or when we can have shows, we're at a show, or um, or it's Theo's football, or my daughter with a uh, music. Cause she's a she's producing music and she's uh, working yeah. on a DJing as well. So. Um, uh, if if I'm not doing football with him, then I'm upstairs and and listening to her sets and and you know we're going through music that way. So that's kind of yeah. like all my life is really, to be honest. And, and training myself, that's it. Mate,
0: that's not a bad answer. It's not a bad answer. Okay, let's get into it. So I've obviously been following your your journey, um, sharing the sharing the grassroots journey with your son. Some fantastic videos of his of his uh, dedication of you know the work that he does. Uh, on the pitch in your back garden, you know, grafting away on his skills. Clearly, hugely, hugely passionate about the game. Tell me a little bit about, you know, can you sum up how you've how, how your experience has been in grassroots football, um, particularly given in mind that you know your your day job is uh, is is working with world champions in the boxing arena.
1: Well, first of all, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I am uh, so. I exp- Let me rewind a little bit. I used to before I became, you know, before I started training big name big name fighters and getting on TV and stuff like that. Yeah. I started off. I was I was coaching kids um, in boxing, so yeah. I've I've taken kids in boxing from six years old to uh, eighteen year old turning professional, um, yeah. all the way through. So I've I've worked with kids um, on that side yeah. of things. Had my own amateur boxing club yeah. went around the country with kids and things like that. So that was boxing. Um, my little I, I love football. But my little, boy had, my little boy had no interest whatsoever when he was young, young. And I was like, oh, he's not, he's not going to want to play football. So I kind of like give up on it. There's a thing called mini kicks. Yeah. And um, uh, I to said to him, oh, do you want to go and go to, uh, try mini kicks? He'd be like, no, no, not bothered. Like, okay, I just left it to him. That's it. He just said, I'm going to try mini kicks." I was like, oh, okay. He went the one Sunday. And from that day on, he's loved football. That's it. And he's got it. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Um so he then when when uh I think it was under sevens. Yeah, it was under sevens, he started training first. Um um and he played for this team, Bramley Sunnyside side, and we had double teamed and it, it it was a bit of a you know, bit of a mess. Um the coaches had to leave. Um and we was we as parents, we was just like that was his first season under sevens, yeah. Um yeah. Uh, right at the beginning, and um, so myself and one of the other dads said, "Look, we'll we'll take over because yeah. is, it, it just gets expanded So we stepped in. So that was our first season on the sevens.
0: Um, and, it, and, and was it literally a case of of necessity because no one yeah. else put their hand up?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it happens yeah. a lot. Obviously, that's yeah. how some great coaches have started. To be honest. Yeah. So.
1: So, so I said, I said to Dean, who was the manager, I said, I can't manage the team because I can't do all. I ain't got time for all the paperwork side of things and all the hassle yeah. that that side brings at grassroots level. I said, but I will coach them and I'll commit to coaching them. Um, so we coach from that season onwards. Um, I've worked. Basically, I've had the same group. I've had two last season, um, and we've had two more this season. That's it. The nucleus of the team the same kids that I've had for four years now. This really? my whole season. Um, so, um, with you know, my little boy got into that in, in that reason, so I I came on board. Obviously, as a dad, you you playing about with him and football, but to be a footballer, you know, he's very smart at school, he's top of the class, 10 out of 10 on all his little tests and stuff like that, maths, English, all that. He's very, yeah. very intelligent, but he wants to be a footballer. Now, I I get where people say, oh, isn't that sweet? in that cute? Make sure you've got a, a, a backup plan, blah, blah. Sure. But people don't emphasize and don't give the kids support, whether it's football, dancing, music, whatever it is, right? People don't generally, adults, don't generally give them the same support when it comes down to these sort of like abnormal sort of jobs that, you know, compared to the normal nine to fives. Yeah, because yeah. When yeah. it's school, you no, know, if you want to do that, you must do this you must do that, sit them down six hours a day make sure you learn, make sure you're doing this, make sure you're doing that but sure. then when it becomes a kid that says I want to be a footballer, I want to be a tennis player I want to be that, we're kind of like, yeah, well just let them get off and do it I will, I've always said, because I didn't have that as a, as a, as a child myself I, I, wow. I was the kid that was looking on the side of the pitch looking to see if your mum and dad turned up, they never did everybody else's mum and dads were there, mine was never there yeah. I have always said that whatever my kids want to go, go into I will back them 100% And if they stick with it, they've had that support. They've had them opportunities to become the best that they can be. He's he's nine. He might turn around in a year's time and say, "Dad, you know what? I'm not going to play this season." He loves watching Formula One. He'll sit there and watch Formula One, watch him go. And I'm like, "That's boring for me," but he loves Formula One. He watch every every race live. He might turn around and say, "Dad, I'm not bothered about football. I want to be a Formula One driver." Yeah
0: every chance yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: but there's also a chance that he may actually want to pursue this the whole way through like I did with boxing I, yeah. I wanted to box and that's it I stuck with it now if he's got that mentality then if I was one of these like my dad that didn't really go out and play football and didn't do stuff with him then I am stopping him or I'm, I'm, I'm holding him back from, from achieving his potential and, yeah. and becoming as good as he could possibly want to be he wants yeah. to be the best he doesn't just want to be a footballer; he wants to be the best. Yeah. so He's willing. His attitude is, I You know, I once had a conversation with with all my all my little boys, all my team, and we was looking around at all the pictures. There was all different teams playing on all these pictures at a facility, and I said to him, "I said, see all these kids here. I said, they all want. I said, of them, they all want to be footballers. I said, and they're all out there. They're all wanting to be footballers. Said, just what you can see here, there's hundreds of kids. They're like, yeah. I says in every park, in every every facility where there's football teams, all these kids are watching to do the same, going yeah. around every city, every every country, everybody wants to be a footballer. I says, the amount of kids that actually make it to be footballers is minuscule. I didn't statistic, like one in a million or something, like that. I forget what it was. I says, so do you understand how hard and how determined and how dedicated you've got to be if you yeah. want to make it?
0: Yeah. Now,
1: I had this conversation with them, I think it was about under eights, under eights level, under nines level, just letting them know how, how, how it is, you know, because got to talk I talk to my kids as kids, but like little men. You know, they, they, they understand. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because because that way you can manage disappointment, you can manage, you know, if, if it's no good wanting to do something if you're not, you know, and then getting getting upset about it if you don't pull it off, if yeah. you never put in the work for it. You know, you've yeah. got to understand that work's got to go with it. And um, he's always remembered that. And so he's always said that I you know, I wanna be the best but I'm willing to work harder than anybody else's. So if he's understanding that at, 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 eight, at nine years old, then why can't I match that with whatever opportunities I can help him with? If he says to me, Dad, can we go on back and have a game of football? I might have just come in, working with my fighters. I'm absolutely knackered. I might have just done an, a, a session myself. And then yeah. he comes in and says, he might," he say, he said it to me, I'm on the bike. I'm on the bike earlier on this morning. And he's, 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 he's not at school today. We've got, we've got a day off. And he just said to me, he says, a leg circuit. I was like, okay, I'm on bike. I like, let me just finish on my warm-up. I'll do this as a warm up, we'll do his leg circuit. So that's it. I will never say no to him because while every he wants to do it, I will help him do it. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's a massive, massive role for me as a parent, as a grassroots grassroots coach, whatever. While ever the kids want to do something, if you keep backing them with it, the more they're gonna want to do it. Because yeah. there's always so many times that a kid's gonna say can we do this, when you say, "Mm, later, later, mm, no, and then they're going to be
0: like, yeah,
1: I'll play on the Xbox.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, for you, that's a completely different way, because you'll have parents out there who've seen the riches that footballers can get, Mm -hmm. seen the lifestyle, Mm -hmm. seen the kind of attain, what they perceive as attainable kind of benefits from football, and that might be the driving factor, and and obviously that, you know, they might they might take on the role of kind of tactical analysis in the house for Sky Sports on their TV and what have you, when in reality they probably need to put their kid with someone who understands how kids develop and how they learn and, and, and understands the game. But with you there and your, what you're saying is just be supportive as a parent. Be supportive as a parent. Be there do, for them. Support their dreams yeah, and see what happens. And,
1: and do you know, do you know what I have always instilled in, in the kids that I coach and it's, listen, grassroots football is not about winning right? But when you have a group of kids that actually want to win, yeah, they're yeah. willing to work hard and everything, then it kind of is, right? Because there's nothing, we, our big thing was always about who can do the best celebrations when you score a goal. So, in order to celebrate, they've got to score a goal. Yeah. Right? Because otherwise there's no celebration. That's it. Yeah. So, they have fun with it. They have it. But, the, the thing is, is if you can instill into kids, no matter what it is they're doing, if you can instill into kids that as long as they are willing to work hard, they can achieve anything. Yeah. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't. Anything, yeah. Right? As long as you can instill that into your kids. For me, that's a massive thing because whether it's football, whether it's going into a job interview, whether it's, well, I'd, I'd love to get that job as a floor manager, but I don't think I can do it. Change that mentality yeah. where if they've got the mentality where they believe that they can achieve something, then why not? You know, because I tell you something, every football that you watch on TV believe that it can be a footballer. Absolutely. Maybe there were a time when they didn't, but they had to have that belief that, that drove them past everybody else saying, you're never going to make it. Yeah. Because if you don't believe that, and if you don't build that psychosis into them, then when people do tell them, crap, you're never going to make it, you're too small, you're, you're too slow, Yeah. yeah. then they're going to listen to that, and they're going to like, oh, you're right. So then they're going to start going out with mates and having a pint and things like that. Because I speak to so many people that were very good as a footballer and yeah. very, uh, everybody expected them to become footballers and they had and they were academies they had opportunities but they chose to start going down the local and having a pipe with the mates with the regular mates that's it the mates that work yeah. 9 to 5 that can afford to do that yeah. but you can't afford to do that if you want to be a footballer or a boxer nah. or a tennis player or anything like that you have to you have sacrifice to to way. And yeah. if, if your kid's willing to do that if he's telling you that he's willing to do that then you have to back that up but Absolutely, ev- every one of my kids, whether where even when when we used to play as a double and the first team would go out and, and they'd be eight nil, no, they would lose eight nil. No, my team, my boys would believe that they could turn that round, and do you yeah. know what? They did quite a lot, you know. And they've gone through each season believing that they can try any skill, any trick, any pass, any shot, they've got no consequences because they don't look at me and think, Shut up 'cause they know that, that I want them to try things. I want them to express the things. Brilliant. So they've got, they've got the confidence to try that. And we play great football at this age and the season before, and the season before that. We've, we've always had a reputation of playing great football because my kids aren't scared of making a mistake. They're yeah, not, they're, they're not afraid of it. Now, what happens is, is when, when you start telling them that you've oh, well, don't try that because you're not, you're not good enough to do that yet, you're putting doubts in thread. So they're not going to try things. You know? yeah. my, my kid will try. My, my son will try anything. He'll try something in training. He'll do something. He'll try something not back garden. And then his, his, his attitude is, there's no point in trying it in training if I don't try it in a match. Yeah. And, and he'll go and try it in a match. Sometimes it doesn't come off. But he's not one of the... No. He doesn't look at me. I see kids that look straight across at the dad when something goes wrong, when yeah. a kid beats them, when they make a pass and it do not go on, And I hate that because so how do you deal with
0: that how do you do how do you deal with the parents in that situation
1: our our parents our parents great because of growth the the kids and the parents because it's been kind of like the same parents all all through any new kids have kind of like I've, I've, i've explained to them how i coach them you know and i've explained to them how how it is we don't yeah you know we don't we don't stifle as kids and so our parents get it so it's it's fine when we play all the teams, mate, I've I've been disgusted. So I've had to actually tell parents before. I remember we, we was at under sevens. Uh, under, yeah, under sevens, it was the first season. And these are babies, the babies, right? Yeah. And there yeah. was one, there was a, a, a parent that was over on the other side, obviously on the other side of pitch to us, he's shouting at his kid. Like, he's not a coach, he's shouting. And I don't mean this to be in such a bad way, right? but the guy must have been about 20 stone and maybe three inches taller than me, right? He's not athletic, so it's not even like he can say to his kid, do it like this, do it like and start running. He's telling his kid to do more running, he's telling his kid to do this, but he's not telling him, he's shouting at him. And it got to the point that the kid just stood in the middle of the pitch. It's one of the most heartbreaking things I've seen in grassroots football. He stood in the middle of the pitch, this is under sevens, just started crying his eyes out. Mate, I'm, I'm really laid back and I'm I, very polite. I get you, you. yeah. But I had to tell him about himself. You know, when you're doing that, the kid's not going to... In a couple of years' time, that kid's away from football. He's not going to play a kind carry-on of playing football. You know, mm-hmm. he's shouting. Him. And I, I, it disgusts me because I see this and I see these kids that they make a mistake. And I've had, you know, a couple of kids that have come to us, This one of the kids that come to us this season... um. He had that same thing. The first thing I said to him in training is, when he you know, misplaced the pass, he'd look straight at it looks like I'm mate. Don't worry. So don't worry about it. I said, don't worry about it. I said, don't yeah. worry about it. I said just keep doing it, and I'll, I'll laugh at him. I'll laugh about it when we make a mistake. My little boy, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll take a shot and it might go miles over the bar, and we'll have a laugh about it. On pitch, I'll, 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 he'll look at me and, and, and like put his hands up in his, in his you know, over his shoulders. Uh, And I'll have a laugh about it. We'll all have a laugh about it. So they're not afraid of it. When you get these parents and and these some of these coaches that you hear, that way they talk to the kids, man, um, you just think how long before that child walks away from the sport? Because it's it's like getting them beat down, beat down. So my philosophy is you make these kids believe that they can achieve anything. Believe that they can achieve anything. If they're willing to put in the work, as long as they're willing to work harder than anybody else, when they believe it can achieve anything, you'll be surprised what these kids can do. You'll be surprised yeah. how, how well these kids at nine years old can play. Yeah, you
0: know? if, if they're having fun,
1: if they're enjoying if they're it. Yeah. Exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah. So in terms of coaching the, the kids then, you've got fantastic background in terms of bringing kids through the boxing system. So the understanding of childhood psychology, the understanding of exactly what you just described was already in you. So it's not like you started because I think... The big problem, and you've just described one of the biggest problems, is when you've got people who understand the game to some level from a different perspective, either as yeah. a fan or as a player, and they go and try and impose that on the kids. Yeah, that I think is when the, where the problem is. If they don't take the time to step back and think, how do kids learn?
1: Yeah, what
0: values? What we're trying to do here outside football? Yeah. then it's a recipe for you know that type of situation. Yeah. So you've got that already, but what what are you? What's your View on the game in terms of coaching, in terms of, well, I mean, what I don't know whether you, I mean, what, what's your plan once, once Theo finishes? Are you just going to step out of the game or are you gonna, do, do you want to stay involved in the game in the future? I mean, obviously, you've got limitations because you've got business to run, you've got, you know, a lot of training commitments and what have you. But I mean, how do you, what, how do you, basically, how do you, um, gem up on football in terms of coaching and the technical stuff? Because, you know, for me, there's technical, tactical, uh, psych, social, and, and physical, the four corners that the FA will talk about. Yeah. And I think it's a really good starting point for any coach to to just take a step back and go, Well, what am I doing in these in the four corners? Don't have to stick to it, don't have to be rigid in what you do, but it's a good place to reference what you're doing. And I think you've probably got, you know, the certainly the, the, the social and psych and the physical stuff, even even the you know, the technical stuff to some point in terms of breaking stuff down, because you know the process of coaching, you know how to break down the technique in the boxing environment, my assumption is you should be able to do that in football environment. But what do you do to fill the gaps?
1: You see, I I, I, lo- I love what I do. I love I love the football side. I love the coaching side of things. So, you know, I, I Sundays excite me. I can't wait for grassroots. Yeah, brilliant. I can't wait for training. You know, um, my little boy, gets he, he gets coached at an academy and things like that. So, and I'm always there. I, when yeah. I've got fights on, I'll, I'll be up. Early the next morning, or I might not stay in the hotel. I'll drive back to make sure I'm back for the next morning oh, yeah. for the football sessions. Um, so I would love to. I would love to do more. I would love to do more in it. Um, as far as coaching is concerned, I do. Uh, you know, you touch on it there. I do believe that a big part of coaching, whether it's boxing or whether it's football, is it's no good being academically and you, you, you've studied the game and you've done these courses and things like that and you know how it should be done. If you can't deal with a certain individual psyche and mentality and Absolutely. know how to get the best out of it. There are kids. there are kids that I, that I deal with now that you can see have got like little, little confidence. You yeah. start seeing it blossom a little bit yeah. and then they might have a bad game. And then you've got to put your arm around them and tell them, What are you worried about? Keep smiling. What are you smiling about? You've got to be able to get that out of them. Because yeah. they're, they're, these are these are young men, young boys that, that are finding out about themselves. Forget about football; they're finding out about themselves, and football is a big part of it. Football might just be a release for a lot of trouble that they're having at home or at school and things like that. You know, where the confidence is getting a battering. So you've got to understand how to how to break that down. You've got to understand how to get into their mentality and, and into the heart. Really, and they've got to trust you. And you've got to understand how to, what's going to build them. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You might not see it, you know, grassroots, you might not see it in the kid for three seasons. But you've got to keep taking those little steps and putting those blocks in to try and build that that little, little boy. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, that commitment over long term is massive, isn't it? Because yeah, if you just is. think short term, Saturday's result, and then it's the end of the world, well, you, yeah. you're killing the kid and you're killing yourself. But if you yeah. if you recognise and you can measure that over three years, yeah. this kid has become yeah. more physically literate become more yeah. confident outside of football environment they're brilliant brilliant benefits from oh, you know m- come mass- straight football. But, but
1: you could, you wouldn't be able to if you don't know how to do that personality wise if you haven't got that persona about you and if you haven't got that approachability about you then you could be the, technically the best, and you could have a conversation with me and blow my head off when you're talking about tactics and this and that and other. And, and I'd be like, wow, I'm so out of my depth. But I might get the best out of that kid, and you can't.
0: You know? Absolutely. That, that, Absolutely. For
1: me, that is a major thing. It's like you are in, 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 in football now, there are certain managers, a fantastic pedigree of winning and things like that are unbelievable. But then when you look at the footballers that they've worked with, the top quality footballers that they've worked with, and they never got the best out of them, they've gone elsewhere and you see what they're achieving elsewhere, and you think, well, yeah. how is that? Because and, and surely that's got to be down to coaching isn't just about making somebody tactically more aware, teaching them how to do a flick, a trick, a pass, or whatever. It's not it's it's a lot more than that. It's absolutely, and 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 your your job as a coach for me is to get the best out of the potential. To you know, yes, you got improving potential, you've got to improve ability but you've got to be able to get it out of them. Yeah, you know?
0: and yeah, and no, absolutely. That's I mean...
1: where that's where I think uh, you know a, a lot has to do with it, and that's that's where I'm. I will say, I will never say I'm a good coach. I'll never say I'm a good coach in boxing. Forget football. I'm I'm not a good coach in boxing. I'll never say that. But what I will say is that I know how to break things down. I, I know how to get my fighters, and obviously for the last four years now, I know how to, to get my little boys, my footballers, to understand what I need them to do, yeah. understand that they can actually do that, and then to go out and deliver it.
0: Yeah.
1: And it, it happens week in, week out. So, what? you know, that's, that's what I think is a massive massive importance in the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it looks like anything in life, the balance is so important. I mean, you, you've got to have some knowledge, mm-hmm. you don't have to have a huge amount of knowledge. You, I mean, take you talk about tactics, for example. Yeah, working with nine year old footballers or ten year old footballers, tactics really doesn't come into it, in my opinion. It's you know, if you can help them to understand how to control a ball, how to feel confident, how to repeat certain actions then the tactics will take care of itself in time but that's the age when they're learning and they're experimenting, they're trying, they're playing with freedom and they'll come up with the tactics for you half the time, you know, you don't need to think about positions as centre half can go up front, a, you know, a full-back can go and play in the middle of the park, it really doesn't matter, they don't really have positions at that age. But a couple of things you said then. I mean, Nagelsmann, Julian Nagelsmann, the um, um, his team, uh, Red Bull, who got to the Champions League semi-final, He's one of these coaches that I always felt was, okay, he's going to be a laptop coach, this guy. He started young, started coaching when he was 21, 22. He's going to be purely about the statistics, his coaching courses, his theory. But he has got to the top, in my opinion, because he appreciates the balance that you've just described. Because he said, not a lot long ago, that he feels that 70% of the work of a top manager is about interpersonal skills. Yeah. The other 30% is your tactics and your, you know, your sp- football-specific stuff, but it's literally that big a, a balance or that bigger reliance on the ability to communicate, to motivate people, to spot problems that people have in and outside yeah. of football, and then to find a way of getting a tune out of them and preparing them and putting them in the right environment to perform at their peak levels. Um, and that's what he feels elite football is about, and to be honest, the guy's not doing a bad job, you know, he's 32 or whatever, he's a Champions League semi-finalist, and he, he can probably go on to... The bigger things so you know that that's a pretty good um, good reference point and I, and I think the other thing that occurred to me David and it's a question really for you now if you'd have played as much football as you did boxing and you know if, if you'd have got to the similar level you know I know you were area area title type type boxer not obviously world level but yeah. a, a serious level if you'd have had that type of career in football do you think you'd have been able to coach in the way that you'd like to coach now?
1: Um, experience has a lot to do with it, yeah. And, and so, you see, this is the thing: is just because somebody's successful as a player doesn't mean that they're going to be successful as a coach.
0: Absolutely,
1: and it, it's, it's just like with boxing. You know, just because you're a great fighter doesn't mean you're going to be a great coach, and yeah. vice versa. And um, you know, you, you look at uh, people talk about your you players like, um, you, well, you sorry, managers like like Ferguson and people like that. You know, good, steady, steady footballers, but, but nothing world level, nothing superstar. You know, but then you look at the success that they had, and, yeah. and the same thing, same thing goes in my sport, in boxing. It doesn't necessarily mean it. What it does do, it gives you more um, of a of an understanding to what their psyche is, because yeah. you might have experienced things that they're experiencing on the pitch, yeah. and in certain type of games, in certain you know level of, of, of if you're if you're playing if you played a, a Champions League semi-final and then you are coaching a, a, a bunch of guys that's going into a Champions League semi-final, you can, you can talk to them on a level of what to expect, how the mentality is going to be during the game. You, you can identify how they're thinking certain things because I've boxed uh, every level in boxing. I boxed four, six, eight, ten, twelve rounds. I box guys that fought for world titles, guys that won world titles. You know, I boxed at a good level. I didn't, I might not have achieved you know, great things, but I've, I've experienced those sort of. So when when yeah. my fighters get in, they're in a 12 rounder and they get to round nine, round nine is always a wall. And nine, and it's like, I know what they're thinking. You know, I know what they're thinking. And, and I can identify the thoughts that into going through. It's the same thing as when you're a football coach, really. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. If you've played at them sort of levels, you kind of understand. Thinking, you understand. If you missed a penalty in a penalty shootout, and then you're coaching a, a, a kid that's just missed a penalty in a big, you know, World Cup semi-final or whatever, you can put his, your arm around him and you can talk to him, and he's likely to take more on board of what you're saying because he knows that you've been there and done that. Yeah. When you when you haven't, then there's those little types of experiences that you can't relay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have an understanding. Of course you can have an understanding you can you can you can get that yeah because you will perhaps know that on on a broader band of 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 how the mind works and, and your mentality and maybe you can identify that with something else that's that's got off in your life different disappointments how you how you you know um took that on board and you came back from it yeah but to yeah. actually identify with what what that player is feeling right now you can't yeah so there are different different parts that will work, and different parts that you can you know you don't really need to be uh, having played at that sort of level.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay, good stuff. So fa- finally, before I just go into a little bit of sort of more elite coaching and, and see if we can just just dis- or just compare the comp- you know what what you see in boxing with football in terms of managing your own son. How do you, how do you find that? How do you you know how do you deal right. with the uh, the times when you're compromised a little bit? And you you know you're watching the, the apple of your eye. You know do something good or something bad. Um, how do you how do you balance that? And um, you know how how long do you think you're gonna you're gonna want to stay connected before he moves on? You know beyond. Um,
1: I find you know what. I'm, I do. I think a lot of people, not just in football, in boxing, in, in in so many things in life. I think a lot of people make things more complicated than what they are. It's like why I say, you know, some some coaches they make out that that you know, training fighters and whatever it's rocket science. It's not. It's, yeah. it's, it's not rocket science. It's not. And whether you are a genius, successful. or you are still going to make mistakes. Yeah, You're still going to have fighters that lose. Uh, best managers in football are still going to have matches that they lose. Absolutely, They're still going to have tactics that are wrong. They're still going to take the wrong player off, and then it's created a goal opportunity for they player on, and he's made a mistake. Oh God, what you brought him on for? There's always going to be mistakes.
0: Yeah.
1: So, with with me with my son, it's not complicated. When he plays for the team, and when he trains with the team, I, I, this is what this is where I find it hard is I can't give him the credit that he actually deserves because yeah. he, he is really good and he does work I, One thing I will say is I've never seen a kid at that age ever work as hard as what this kid does and have the same attitude as what this kid does and the same mentality.
0: Yeah. He
1: is phenomenal and I'm talking about boxing or football that I've dealt with. His mentality is unreal and because of that he deserves more credit than what he gets. But I can't give it him because I'm his coach. Of course. So it's like yeah. I know we have a man of the match, but I know ne- we never pick it. It's always the opposite opposite coaches. So when he wins the man of the match, I can't be that proud dad. Get him, well done, son. When we're in the car, then I, then I'm then I then I tell him I proud of him and everything like that. Then I'm his really? dad. But in front of everyone, it's just like well done, mate, nice one. That's all I said. Well done, mate, nice one. He'll score an absolute world eh? I'll be like, well done, mate, brilliant that. Another kid scores a will. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, be
0: giving play. it a big one. You know yeah, yeah, really genuine
1: so, up. Yeah. So because of that, I miss out on something there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But he understands because I've explained I have explained to him. I said, look, I said you understand. And he gets it, he knows, because he's seen that where before, where you know it went through a period where every other man we kept giving him manually manufacturers in and it was like, well, oh, you were embarrassed. I was like, oh do you know what I mean? But yeah. It and he understands it. It doesn't mean anything. It's just so, and, and his attitude is, it's just somebody's opinion. That's it. That's his, that's his attitude, you know. When, whether it, you know, somebody thinks that you've done well or not, it's somebody's opinion. He gets that at nine years old, so it helped, it, it's fine. With, you know, it, it helps him cope with, with, with things. He like doesn't build pressures and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but as for coaching, I do feel as though I miss out on, on that dad side of things because I'm his coach. Um, uh, yeah, um, but we manage it really well because we've got a great relationship. When we have a kickabout at home, I'm not his coach. I'm his dad having a kickabout, and we'll have a laugh. We, you know, I make a mistake, he makes a mistake. We have a laugh. But he'll, when he wants to practice something, then I'll, I'll give him pointers on it, and then you yeah. just we just leave it to him because otherwise you have that where the coach of the team that your son plays for, the kid. The son never has a kickabout with his dad. He's always having a kick, He's always having a training session with the coach.
0: Yeah, it's too structured. Yeah, yeah. 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 When
1: when we have a kickabout, we have a kickabout. We have a laugh. That's it. We have, you know, ball goes over the fence. We technical reset. We have a laugh. Yeah. When even it's like even this, we do this leg circuit together. I'm not coaching him. I've showed him what we're going to do and stuff like that. He's wanted to do it. And then when we're doing it, I'm training with him. Yeah, with him. And and he's he's trying to beat me, and he's you know he's trying to trying to because he loves that competitiveness, so he's trying to beat me. But we're doing it together. It's it's like a teammate rather than coach. So you have to as a as a coach of your boy, you have to know when to separate that. Otherwise, that's when it gets that your kid misses it misses that. Whereas everybody else in the team gets to play with the dad, gets to have a kickabout with the dad, and have a laugh with the dad. Your son is only ever getting to have a kickback and train with his coach, not, not yeah. his dad. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, I make sure that yeah. we have. I make sure that we have that, and, and so I manage it really, really well. So I don't find there's any problems with it, and you know, and, and he doesn't either.
0: And and, and what about um, completely unrelated, really, but it is related: electronics and stuff like that. Is he is he into his computer games and stuff? Loves his
1: Xbox. Loves his Xbox. Plays Formula One, uh, a Formula One racing game, uh, and he plays uh, FIFA. But, is that- but it doesn't go on every day. Right. That is something because I'm I'm one of the I see and, and other parents have told me about how their kids have dipped when they've been on the yeah. Xbox every day, every, especially when during lockdown they're on they're on Xbox every day, yeah. every day, every day, and you would you would see um, uh, like a difference in the concentration in the in in the motivation to do anything else. So yeah. when when he's played football or when he's trained... Well, go, go and do what you want. It's fine, no problem. But I'll make sure that you know if, if he's on it all time, I'll say, well, listen, why don't you watch some cartoons? Some fun cartoons. He watches Tom and Jerry he watches um uh, scooby doo and things like that, yeah. to stay as a kid. You know, yeah, right? for sure. A lot, a, that, a lot of cartoons these days that a lot of cartoons that aren't actually fun, funny cartoons, quite yeah. serious and quite, you know. Yeah, like yeah, serious yeah.
0: one.
1: It's like I want him away from because he's very competitive and he's very driven, away from that. I want him to say, as as the nine year old boy, I want him to be a kid and enjoy his childhood. Yeah. So he loves his cuddly toys. He's got about a million cuddly toys wherever really? we go. We go, you know, we go, go farms, go to go to little zoos and things like that. Yeah. All the time, he gets all that sort of stuff. So you have to be able to blend that in. You have to let him go on his Xbox and yeah. be a normal kid because everybody it's, else. It's, is part doing of, that. it's part of being a
0: kid in this in this day and age, isn't it? I mean, it's a, it's a real challenge. I mean, you know, my, my lad's twelve and. Very similar in, in, in many respects. I mean, he, he's he's a really talented kid. Um, yeah. Did did excellent, you know, football in the UK and, and over here. But I think the lockdown and accommodate and, and also the family's twelve, so he's getting you know a little bit more interested in girls yes. and stuff like that yeah. now. You know the, the Fortnite and the, you know the Xbox, PlayStation culture, yeah. which to be honest, ninety nine percent of his friends are massively, massively invested in. Yeah. Gets, it gets to them in the end, I think. And yeah, you, know, you can put rules in place and say no, or you can yeah. accept that they need to be part of their social group. Yeah. But I, I know a lot of coaches at all sorts of levels and all over the world have this challenge. And I think that everyone needs to, every parent needs to think about, but every coach as well, because coaches need to be aware of what type of lives the kids are living away from football.
1: Yeah, definitely. and But, but you can't, you know, in this day and age, you can't put a blanket ban on it. But no. you, you have to monitor it, and, you, and it's like anything. Anything in moderation, you know. It's like I mean, you you, do, you don't want your kids to be sat there eating eating chocolate all the time, but you can't say no never. Of course, you know, yeah. We've, we've trained, you've trained, you're you're you a game of football. You've burnt a lot. Of- you're yeah, gonna go, on and, go on and treat yourself. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You've you've, yeah. you've got to have things in moderation, because otherwise, what happens then is that they resent it, and then they get to a certain age, and they go, do you know what? Too regimented. This I can't. I don't want to. I don't want to do this. I'm not having no fun. I'm not having no. Yeah, you know I mean. So you've yeah, got absolutely. to have that little valve, that relief valve, and then they get the best of both worlds, really, because yeah. they're still they're still being a kid. They're still enjoying doing things that other kids do, but they're still on track to achieve what they want to achieve and 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 get that you know get that lifestyle that they want when they grow up. You know, we all have dreams of what we want to be when we grow up. Yeah. But like I said, I'll go back to what I said before. Too many people want to tell you that you can't do it. Yeah. too many people want to tell you that you can't yeah. do it whether it's like I said whether it's music whether it's boxing whether it's football there will be people that will say oh well you need to make sure you work hard at this because you might. But the, n- nobody says when you get into school no, no, no you know you're you studying your maths and you're studying things like that nobody says you, oh well, well yeah I, I know you're putting your eggs in it because you want to be you want to be a doctor you want to be this but you might not be so you need to do this technically yeah. do this do that nobody does it the other way around yeah you're right yeah. You conform to this where everybody's yeah. got to do it this one way. And if you do anything away from the box, outside the box, it's kind of like, oh. But you know, I always say, I've said this to my fighters and I've said to my little boy and um, my little boy took it on board. And um, When Ronaldo was a little kid and he was telling people that he's going to be the best player in the world or even when a little kid says he's going to be a footballer when he grows up, Everybody pats him on the red. Oh, isn't that sweet? Oh, oh lovely that. Don't take it as serious. But in that little Ronaldo's head, he's working hard, working harder than everybody else, working harder than everybody else. He's driven. He wants to... Somebody, somewhere, has got to end up being the best footballer in the world. Yeah. Somebody, somewhere, has got to end up being the best fighter in the world. Lomachenko, Usyk, your, your, your Tyson Fury's, Anthony Anthony Joshua's. When, when they started out, and they said, I'm going to be... Best, best fighter in the world people have looked at yeah shut up yeah or have a backup plan but somebody's got to do it so why not you if you're not if you if you're willing to work harder than anybody else why can't you be the best footballer in the world
0: well the thi- the thing is the benefit of that process is that you also know that if you drop down a couple of levels that a lot of people can access a good level a good journey something yeah, to look yeah. back on i mean you you know you had a a career to be proud of as a fighter. Now, you, your experts on the on the keyboards might be saying, "Well, he was shy," but yeah, no, you yeah. weren't. You were you were a level of fighter that fought against next world champs and stuff like that. That's that's for the privileged few. But if any young kid gets to a level and plays League Two football, and we talked yeah. about James Coppinger uh, a couple of weeks ago with Tony Me, James yeah. Coppinger didn't make it in Newcastle, but the career that he's had at Doncaster Rovers. And the, the, the ambassador that he is now for the game, for the for the club, for yeah, you know, yeah. and the amount of young kids in the, the area, in the local area, that look up to him, is something to be incredibly proud of. And you're yeah, you're yeah. giving a kid an opportunity to get to that level and have that incredible pathway and that incredible experience. So I, I agree with you with the Ronaldo thing and what have you. And and, it, and it's possible, but if it's a near miss, the likelihood of they're going to benefit as human beings yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah,
1: hundred percent. And and what. What your attitude is in the sport can take you into other things. Yeah, you know, it, 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 absolutely. Whether you walk away from a sport, but you've got that same sort of mentality, that same sort of dr- uh, drive force behind you, you go into another job and you don't just just settle, just to clock in, clock out. You may put your, you know, you're more likely to push yourself. And,
0: yeah, you know, yeah, for
1: yourself, sure. And you get more, you know, you're getting a better income, you're getting a better
0: lifestyle. Yeah, I love it. I love that. It. it's fantastic talking about football and not focusing too much on on what everyone focuses on. Understanding the journey, understanding the impact on life and, and what football can do to benefit society in general, or kids' journeys is, is something that really interests me. Okay, so let, let's just move on a little bit to to, to boxing and and, and references to, to football. So, I mean, you, listen, you, you've you've obviously worked with some of the best fighters in the game, you know, Tony Bellier and the McDonald brothers, and recently in Dillian White's corner and what have you, but in terms of trainers that are out there, do you think that there are trainers out there a little bit like you're doing in some respect, who could turn their hand to other sports? I mean, you look at Adam Booth, for example. I mean, hugely respected, fantastic talker, you know, really articulate guy, mm. great communicator in that respect. Do you think that boxing trainers could take take their their skill set into other sports and be successful?
1: Um, because of their attitude in in terms of willing to learn, willing to put in the work in, um. Yes, but it's like it's a completely different sports. Yeah. So, so there has to be. It's like I don't just rock up and just coach my kids on a Tuesday and then turn up on a Sunday. I actually watch videos on uh, stuff on on YouTube and stuff of like we top managers, <laughs> your top coaches. Yeah. I watch I watch football all the time, but not just the matches. I watch the breakdowns. I I study it. Do you know what I mean? Because I want to. I, I, if I'm gonna do something, I don't wanna do it half arsed. I wanna I wanna so 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 if if you're willing to do that sort of thing, then yeah, but it's like you know it's like anything. If if you walk into something blind and you don't do the groundwork behind, you don't wanna get to a certain level. But if you if you yeah. study it to go along with the attitude, then then yeah, why not?
0: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm not suggesting that you know, I don't know. Joe Gallagher could go and manage, you know, Man City or someone tomorrow. But the skill set would probably mean that he could probably go in and communicate, yeah, and break down technique and motivate and plan and deliver a process over time, maybe at a lower level and work his way through. I mean, that, it's just yeah. it, it just occurs to me, particularly you know, given given what you the way you've talked about the game here, Dave probably took, caught me a little bit off guard. I thought you might have said to me, well, actually, yeah, I have this and I do this and I do this and this is specific to what the FA say and I try it. But actually what you're saying is that's important, but a level above that in terms of developing kids and, and yeah. co- it's coaching at the, end of the day. More coaching goes on at your age, at, that, that age group, than there is goes on at the senior level. Yeah. Of course, there's detail, but it's tactical. It's, there's so yeah. much more to it there. The coaching and developing kids from one level to the next level to the next level is what creates the the, the talent pool so yeah, yeah i mean it's it, it's interesting on that one and and then in terms of in game management i mean can you can you tell me in a you know you've got a fight let's say tony bellew has been put on his backside at goodison park yeah. by makubu and and you're in a situation there in the same way that maybe ferguson was you know 1-0 down against bayern munich going at the late stages of the game do you, do, you, do you see any reference points between football and boxing in that situation in in-game management?
1: Yeah, because you 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 just so bell you get drops. First thing you have to do is check you're all right you're clear thinking yeah yeah, clear. Yeah. yeah. Once you establish it, it's clear his it, 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 mind's clear you explain to him what he's done wrong. You make him aware of what he's done wrong.
0: Because yep. if he's
1: not aware of what he did wrong, he's going to go out there and do it again. Do
0: it again, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So in a football match, I've, I've taken my group of players, right, and we've taken them to Barcelona on the New Camp pitch. Yeah. We played it I in, remember them. in the I remember seeing it. I remember seeing a couple camp, of things right? like so, that. So the kids have come out the tunnel. Imagine being eight years old coming out of the tunnel at the New Camp, walking out with Champions League music, walking out to the pitch, lying up on the pitch music playing, and then having to actually play in a semi-final on that pitch. So, the nerves. This is, these are eight-year-old boys. You, uh, grown, I'd have be, been cracking myself as a, if, as an adult playing on there. But Absolutely. Eight-year-old boys, imagine the nerves against te- international teams. So, you go two goals down in the first minutes, which is what we did in the semi-final you still have to be able to instil that belief on them that they can turn it around, which they did. Yeah, they ended up drawing 2-2 and then we lost on penalties, but we're we'll not talk about penalties. Um, <laughs>
0: but
1: but it, it's a similar sort of thing. You've got to be able to come back from adversity. In boxing, yeah. might, forget about getting dropped. You might have a fire that's winning. They hit the middle rounds. All of a sudden, they lose not one round but two rounds on the bounce. Yeah. Everyone can lose a round, but when the old all fighters understand when they lose two rounds on a bounce, it's like, oh shit, is there a shift in momentum here? Yeah. Yeah. And you have to stop that shift in momentum. You have to get the momentum back. It's like that in football in regards on in football that i I'm experiencing, in regards that we've had where we, you know our first league game this, this season, we got off to a really bad start. We've had a great preseason, we got off to a really bad start First after after first half we were two 0 down and lads were like whoa this had, this had happened for a long time yeah. were like, what? come off of the pitch don't worry about it boys listen and you have to explain to them what the what what's caused those mistakes you yeah, know what's yeah. caused those two goals explain to them that why why are you getting caught in this situation. Oh, it's because your midfielders are you. You two aren't, aren't running back. You're running up, but you're not running back. So yeah, not, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to be crazy yeah. detail, but no. just, so you, yeah. ex, you explain to them, right? You understand, what, right? You understand what you need to, yeah, right, okay. Now listen, with the look at the passes you play that you're playing, brilliant. You're brilliant. This, that, that. that your decision making, brilliant. Build it into them so they know that they're going to come back. These guys, know my kids know. No matter what what's happening on that pitch, whether they concede the goal or what they go behind or what, they know they can come back. That's their mentality. That's just how they've been brought up. They yeah. know that if we're two-nil down, not a problem, we'll turn it around. And we did, you know, and, and that's that's what you gotta that's what you've got to have that belief. And even when so we play great football, great passing football. But then we get on a pitch that's bobbling, that's awful, and we just can't play as football. So they know and they understand. Okay, this ain't going to be one of those games where we're playing beautiful football. This is where you have to, you have to be, you have to be strong. You have to be strong there, and you have to go and you make sure, make sure you win that ball. And they'll flick that switch and they'll go and do that. They yeah. understand what they have to do.
0: And yeah, then, I mean, so- look, people talk about playing good football. I mean, honestly, Dave, when anyone says to me we play good football, usually the first thing I do. Particularly if they're, you know, if they claim to be, you know, yeah. a coach with, you know, the whatever, I'll say, well, what do you, th- what is good football to you? Because it could be, you know, good football to yeah. somebody who yeah. played in the Liverpool side in the nineteen eighties yeah. might be different to good football from, a, for, you know, for a player in, in Pep's yeah. current, current Man City team. Um, so you, you need to define it a little bit. But what you know, what, what what you said there about the the different conditions and what have you. For me, good football as you get as you get. towards senior football is being able to adapt to that situation. Now, for kids, they might not be able to adapt to a really windy day and a bobbly day at the age of nine, no problems, but the experience will help them to learn about it. And it doesn't matter if they don't adapt there, as long as when they get to 16, 17, 18, and they get into results football then, they can do. I think it's important. Good. That that,
1: that, Definitely, that that, again though, with adapting to circumstances and and situations and climates, you know, it's about how you condition the mind, you know, yeah. and, and and the thing is that, that and, and it's a little bit controversial, I suppose, but the way that a lot of kids are brought up these days, and, I, and if people want to be offended, they can be offended, but the pamper too much. Oh, God, In yeah. a case that a kid, fall, listen, when, when, when my kids, both my daughter and my son, when they were babies, and they're learning how to walk and stumble and they fall, I Just laugh at them. go and get up. You see people run to, oh, you're right. Bro? Yeah, yeah. This is what's happening on the pitch with a lot of kids these days, right? I, when I played football, right, I was, all, I've always been small. I remember we played in, in France, Belgium, and Holland on a tour. And I played in Holland and they played in size and ability. Forget this age group thing. And I was, I was looking up at all these massive kids. I was like, what? They were like men. But you just had to tough it out or you yeah. get up at a pitch. Yeah. You know, and and th- you see these kids that literally a little shoulder barge, a little fifty-fifty challenge, and the kids are crying on floor, or the yeah. or, or or somebody goes past them, and because they've gone past them, they start crying. It's like why, why are you, why are you letting this this mentality develop? Yeah, kids shouldn't cry because somebody's beat him on a on a, on a 50/50, or somebody's gone past him. You know.
0: But it's it's a soft it's a soft middle class sport now. though, football, isn't it? I mean, yeah. yeah to be honest, it's my sport. It's what I love. You know, I mean, I'm a boxing fan, but football first for me always. And, and man I, I look
1: at this now, and, and you've just nailed it. Who was it? Marshall got sent off for um, uh, against Tottenham. Who Tottenham,
0: did he yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: who did who you, who did, he, who did, he, who did give a little tap on cheekbone? Oh, no, Lamella. I it was Lamella. That's it, right? So he's. He's tapped him on... Do you know as a man, right? I'll, if I was to drop and roll around like that, on the, I'd be embarrassed because that makes me look like such a wimp. Right. What? My, I right. bet you, is it, if he's got a kid, I bet his little kid taps him harder than that when they're wrestling about and playing back. Yeah. What is this mentality of dropping and... Ro- and I'm seeing it in these kids now uh-huh. that, that are coming through at yeah. nine years old, you know? And it's
0: like, yeah. what, what, what are you doing? You know, well, why are you mean, allowing I mean, that to happen? I mean, my, my take on it is that I actually, I, I don't think that's necessarily a f- reflection on society when, when they do it at the top level. I think it's a reflection on the money and the stakes involved. You know, like I always remember Rivaldo doing it in the World Cup. And do you remember he, he, someone kicked a ball at him at his knees? Yes. And he went down in a corner. Yes, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the worst example I think I've yeah. ever seen. And, and yeah. the guy at the time was probably the Ballon d'Or, you know, he's probably the, the top player in the world. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's kind of, you know, the stakes that the, you know, and, and I've done it myself as a manager, I'll be brutally honest, you know, managing in England, not senior teams. I've said to them, listen, if you get clipped, you go down in a penalty area. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a way to manage a football match. There's a way to manage a referee. And, and I wouldn't tell nine-year-old kids to do that. They are it here, here in Spain, by the way. As soon as there's a free kick, they're taught at a very young age to stand in front of the ball. The coach is screaming, get in front of the ball. And at eight, nine years old, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, not phenomenal, not in a good way. Yeah. Um, but but back to the point, I, I, you know, football costs money to play yeah. to, a, to a level yeah. now that certain sections of society in the UK anyway, and I'd say the same over here actually can't afford they can't afford to play structured football. They're still playing on the streets over yeah. here, maybe not in England. Um, and I, and I get embarrassed by. The culture that's created—that you know—that the Rivaldo type situation is created, that L- Lamella type situation is created—and it's—I I would much rather, honestly, my son went into a box into a boxing gym than walked in, you know, walked into a football club. If I had a choice between the two and I could only choose the choose the one to prepare him for life, yeah, I'd probably rather he walked into your gym in Rotherham, to be honest.
1: Mm.
0: And that's that. Yeah, that's yeah, a real sad thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But well, it is what it is. Okay, um, listen, Dave, we've we've talked for about an hour. I reckon we probably could have talked for four or five, to be honest. Um, you're clearly really passionate about football, and I love that, and that's that's one of the reasons why I, I got in touch. Just a quick shout out to Curtis Woodhouse. Thanks, Curtis, for, for putting me in touch with Dave. Um, but yeah, listen, I've really enjoyed talking about it. I think you know the things that I'll take away from it, and I hope other people watching will take away from it, is the way to treat young people. It's you know, forget Coaching, And remember that football coaching isn't just about football, you don't have to be Jose Mourinho no. to be a good coach with a with a grassroots team, with, with any football team if I'm brutally honest. Yeah. But certainly the young, impressionable kids, you, you've got a big, you've got an amazing resource in your hands. I think we all, we all sometimes take it for granted, the great opportunity and the privilege we've got working with young kids, yeah. you know, I do over here with 14, 15 year olds and, and I love you know, what I get back from it, people say, well, you, yeah. you give so much to the group. No, 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 they are giving it to me because yeah, if so I important. see something that they have benefited from, it makes yeah. me feel a million dollars. And yeah. um, I think I, I want the coaches who watch this to kind of take from a guy who's trained world, world champs, who's, you know, constantly in the public eye in another sport, um and to see the values you've kind of transferred into the game despite the fact that you're a man united fan despite the fact fact that you're you know you will no doubt have been influenced by that journey to some degree you're not you're not taking them and saying i want you to be roy Keane, and i want you to be you know steve bruce or uh, Martialo, or whatever you're 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 saying be you and and i'm going to give you the, the support and confidence to do that so I think that's amazing, Dave. So, thanks so much for coming on. I really enjoyed, oh, I enjoyed it. I hope it. You're Thank too. you love
1: It's been good. It's been really, really good. Like you said, thanks, thanks to my old, my old fighter Curtis. What else? See, <laughs> see Curtis, Curtis is another one. He's, he just, just touch your name. You when sure, he, do it. When, when he came to me, right, leaving football, the first thing that I said to him is, "Are you mad? Are you mad? You're actually, yeah. and he, it was unbelievable, an unbelievable story where." It would say, you know, he's playing at Old Trafford. He's not asked. He just weren't bothered. And I'm like, wow. And then you look at somebody like him that's been uh, that's achieved what he's achieved in football. To then to go across to boxing and become British champion in boxing, that, that's phenomenal. That is. But his his work ethic and his determination that he had in boxing. Is something that he said was different to what it was when he was football. When, it, when yeah. he was in football, he didn't he didn't have that same sort of attitude. So if I look at the the attitude that he, that he had in, in football, but yet he achieved so much, how much could he have achieved if he had the same attitude in boxing, you know, as in football? Um, yeah. But he's he's a special he's a special character. Mentality, one of the hardest workers that I ever came across, and one of the most most focused and, and driven individuals that I've ever worked with, and. Um, yeah, so thanks
0: to Curtis for uh, definitely, definitely. Well, top. I mean, listen, I'll never, ever, ever forget jumping around my living room. I lived I, when we lived back in the UK, and uh, when he beat Darren Hamilton. I, yeah, I just think it's it's just one of the greatest stories in sport. Oh, I really do. I mean, I'm not, it's not hyperbole. I think it you know to go from playing at Old yeah. Trafford, you know that picture of him, with, you know, challenging Beckham when he was playing for yeah. Birmingham, to yeah. go and to win a British title. I mean, people who don't yeah. know boxing that much. Won't realise that a British title is is something to yeah. be incredibly proud and of, and, it's and don't pleased.
1: forget, don't forget, he had losses along the way. You know, we had setbacks, and yeah. he
0: kept going. So, you know,
1: a lot of a lot of people thought as soon as he gets beat, he'll be done, but he didn't. You know, no. and then he lost again, and he didn't. And yeah, you know I mean, and, and he's a perfect example of what what determination and hard work can do. He's a perfect example because yeah. he wasn't the most skillful fighter that you'll ever see, he wasn't no, the most no, skillful no. boxer you'll ever see. But that determination, that 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 drive and that ambition, that shows you football, boxing. That shows you what what you can achieve.
0: Yeah, it's it's. I mean, that's the thing that's transferable, isn't it? You know, your 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 character, your willingness to work hard, your dedication to something, whether it's football. And, and clearly, didn't have it in football for whatever reason. No. But um, anyone, you know, if if you if your lad or my lad, you know, leaves football and, and stops playing at some stage and takes anything they've learned from football about building their character, about the process of dedication and what benefits you can get from it, and apply it to anything else in life, then football's been good to them.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. Class. Dave, thanks so much, pal. Really appreciate your time. All the best. Thanks for coming on.
1: Cheers, man. Thanks for having me, Thanks. Take care. Bye. Cheers, man. Bye.